from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. And welcome back. It's Locked On Chiefs, and we are still looking at what happened when the Chiefs played their second Sunday night football game in a row and came away with a nice win at home. Uh, honestly, a win that I thought was more lopsided, but we're going to talk about that today. We have Seth from The Athletic and, and me. You can check me out on RGR Football. Chris is not with us, uh, but we're going to dig right into it. Seth, how are you? I'm doing really, really well, man. That was a hoot and a half to watch, huh? <laughs> honestly, a, li- a little shocking for me. Yeah, I know. You were, you were a little concerned about Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I honestly thought, especially uh, how their uh, second receiver, you know, obviously A.J. Green's A.J. Green, but I thought Boyd had had such success. Mm-hmm. And against a group of safeties and inside linebackers that were going to draw him, I, I was a little concerned. But Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they stepped up. Yeah, and I mean, you know, what's interesting, when I, I took a look, and, and pro football focus grades aren't this positive, but if you don't have time to review the film, they're not bad. It's, it's one educated opinion. I looked at Fuller and Skandrick and Steven Nelson, and all of them have mm-hmm. are graded out as above average players. And I think what you're seeing there with like the whole number two wide receiver thing, number three wide receiver thing, the Chiefs don't have a start corner. Fuller hasn't been quite as good as I'd hoped, not, certainly not as good as he was last year, but he's been good. Mm-hmm. And Skandrick's been good, and Nelson's been good. So while they don't have one star, they've got multiple guys there that make opponents work for it, that are scrappy, that contest a lot of catches, that, that tackle well, that don't allow a ton of yards after catch um you know fuller's been unfortunate he's been drawing you know he drew aj green that's tough but they were they all they all just scrapped against him i mean it was a really good effort i was very impressed and overall that that cornerback trio is playing about as well as i think anyone could have hoped well and i even said it last night in particular i thought that fuller played more like the 17 fuller than what we've seen so far at 18 I would agree with that. Um, he was he was all over the place. And, I mean, man, Skandrick made some good plays. They really, all of them, I know PFF rated Nelson as like a 92 last night, which I didn't even notice him. But well, he only allowed like two I, catches I, on six targets, right? Yeah, he, he played really well. Now, the all 22 is not out yet, so take those grades for what they're worth unless they've got some agreement to get them early. True. But, I mean, the, the defense overall looked really impressive. And then I finally, Ryan, I was so happy. <laughs> well, first, I suppose, I think we're contractually obligated. Patrick Mahomes played, I think, as flawless a game as you can play in the first half. I mean, I mean, he was... <laughs> tell me this. He was, this, is, this is my concept, but I, I don't... I don't know if he's uh, if it's just bad snaps or if he's looking somewhere else, but most quarterbacks, when they drop a snap, it is calamity. Yeah, it's a catastrophe. He completed both passes. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, this is like it's like he's scooping something up, you know, and trying to get it to first. It's literally that quick out yeah. of his hand. I feel like Mahomes is going to be a case study in people that urge kids to be more than a single sport athlete because you see him, the both the basketball and the baseball, I feel have served Mahomes really well and created a really unique player because with like the no look stuff, with how comfortable he is ball handling, you can see the basketball player in him with his quickness and his ability mm-hmm. to everything at once you can see the basketball player and then obviously baseball that's been talked about ad nauseum but yeah when he drops it it's not like this mad scramble he just calmly scoops it up like you said like a like a like a first baseman scooping up a ground ball or a basketball player going after a loose ball scoops it up and throws a touchdown to Tyree Kill because why not why not just do that (laughs) 
It's so much easier <laughs> fumbling the you ball. You can, you can, right? <laughs> right. And so I, I have to acknowledge that. Um, and, you know, he threw that pick. It's kind of funny. Every interception that Mahomes has thrown this year, all five of them, um, all of them except one have been the results of bad throws, not bad decisions. It was just an underthrow. He had Hill, and it was weird because he stepped into it and everything, and he just he just lofted it. You know, and I I said too though last night that particular play he didn't seem to follow through very well. I, I yep. thought his base was okay, but you didn't see him kick through. And I think I don't know what it was because I didn't see anybody really in his way. I mean, when you can shrug off a guy and right. still throw a dart, I mean. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, what? what's fascinating is when you look, I mean, throwing the deep ball, Mahomes has been perfectly fine throwing the deep ball, but he hasn't been incredible. Where he's been incredible is in the intermediate and shallow zones, which is funny. And I kept talking to people about this as the year approached. And I kept saying, you know, people are expecting that it's just going to be bomb after bomb after bomb. That's not where the difference is going to be with Patrick Mahomes. Alex Smith was like historically efficient throwing the deep ball last year. You're not going to replicate that no matter who you are. And what he's done is he's been so great at the intermediate and short levels, but he's been very good in the deep ball too. But it's been a little different than what we expected. I even commented last night. It's like, you know, he's not really taking that many shots down the field, like 20 plus yards. And mm-hmm. I assume it's because teams are afraid of that. But it's, it's it was a joy to watch him play. And I realized midway through last night, like when the, they showed the stats at halftime, you know, it was like, you know, 18 for 23, 230 yards, three touchdowns, something like that. Like what we would call a fantastic full game from most quarterbacks. I right. I realized that I hadn't been that blown away with him and how high the bar has already been set for me when I watch Patrick Mahomes play football. Because what he was doing last night, Nate Taylor wrote about this on The Athletic. He, he wrote about the fact that this wasn't like running around making these crazy plays. It was executing the offense perfectly. Yeah. I mean, other than that one scramble, which was really interesting because it was a play formation that I had shown in the game film from the, the week prior uh, where he did that boot. I mean, that's the only one that he threw a touchdown from outside the pocket, basically. Right. They just, I mean, they took a defense that it was interesting. You know, Cincinnati clearly had this game plan. We're going to drop back in coverage. We're going to try to contain. We're not going to blitz because they saw, you know, the Patriots did a bunch of crazy blitzes and it worked for a while and then it got them torched. And so you saw they, their whole game plan seemed to be to avoid big plays. And the problem is that's what teams were doing with Mahomes the first few games of the year when he just eviscerated the Chargers and the Steelers. And then teams started being a lot more aggressive. I personally think Cincinnati had kind of a a loser plan there. This idea, oh, we're going to keep him in the pocket and we're going to drop into coverage. If you give Patrick Mahomes like three or four seconds to just survey the field, I'm so confident. Like when he has a clean pocket and I start watching him survey, I'm so confident he's going to find someone open. And... I just don't think that methodology works. I think your only shot is to play it risky and hope that you confuse them with some unique blitzes. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I don't even know if that's going to work. I don't know if there's anything that will work. Yeah. Not for an entire game. It's so amazing to me. They've been talking about the fact that, you know, Reed is talking to Mahomes so much on the sidelines, and Reed keeps saying, I like hearing what he has to say about what he's seen out there because he has great vision. And something you and I spent a lot of time this season talking about. Collinsworth commented on that, and I've heard that in previous games too. And people have noticed, it seems like he's talking to him more than he talks to, talk to Alex Smith, which maybe that's true, maybe that's not. I have no idea. But one thing you notice with Patrick Mahomes is his post-snap vision looks really good. And you, you can do everything you want to fool someone pre-snap. But once the ball is snapped, you have to show your looks. And that's where I think 
they are just they're they're adjusting so well to what teams are doing. They're normally just jumping on teams in the first quarter. They just can't be stopped. But the the two times that teams have played them well in the first half, the Patriots and the Broncos, they've come out in the second half and eviscerated those teams. And so I don't know if there's anything that'll work for a full game. I mean, the the last great hope was Bill Belichick, I think, and maybe Wade Phillips's defense, but they haven't really been stopping anyone. So I. It's it's a it's a tough tough thing and he's just been so impressive, but I just I thought it was funny how you know midway through the game I realized how brilliant he'd been, and I realized that I hadn't been like overly impressed because I've already gotten used to less than half a season in I've already gotten used to this level of quarterback play. Yeah, it, it jades you real quick because now it's almost commonplace, and we forget that this is a team that's holding on by a thread because if he has a down game or if he has a game where somebody does confuse him at that point, this team's in trouble. Well, maybe they were. Oh. Not before. <laughs> maybe we'll talk about that when we come back, folks. We'll take our first break. Like we're dancing. <laughs> You know, ever since we started this podcast, people are always asking us for advice. Usually it's which team to bet on every week. And the truth is that we don't know any better than you do. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why we always tell people to check out my bookie. Trust us, guys. They're the best in the business this season. They've been in business for years. They have great online reviews, and their mobile site is really easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. We wouldn't recommend a service to our listeners that hasn't been good to us. That's why we're urging you to check out my bookie. It's real simple. You win, they pay. They have live in-game betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys in particular, you can even bet the over-under on fantasy points on a per-player basis. Join right now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar, up to 1000 Use the promo code LOCKEDON25, that's LOCKEDON25, to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today, that's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON25 when you're creating your account so that you can claim your bonus. MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Are you looking to reach new customers? I could be mentioning your business right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with their sponsors than on web pages or other forms of media. Our demographic is 98% males and offers more opportunities than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast today. Email us at LockedOnChiefs at gmail.com. So, as you hinted at, uh, I think you had a, a rather bigger takeaway than Pat Mahomes from this game. I did have a bigger takeaway than Pat Mahomes. First things first, shout out to my guy, Cam Irving. I wrote an article about him last week. Who He's become my guy after I harshly criticized the trade. I did not no, reckon, notice Geno Atkins that game. Did you? Like There was like one play? Yeah. Plays? Uh, there, were, there were a couple for me, but I was watching specifically because he, he was right. the one guy along that line that I thought could hurt them. Yeah, and Gino's a beast, and it's not like Cam did it all by himself, but I got to tell you, he acquitted himself pretty well, and, and Gino's the exact type of player that should give him incredible problems, but that's neither here nor there, but shout out to my guy, Cam. Um, Dorian O'Daniel, baby, my guy. <sighs> We've been waiting my on guy. this, haven't we? They got my guy on the field, Ryan. I know. And what happened? He laid fools out. 
Yeah. I mean, I got to tell you, you've been on his train from the beginning and I've been waiting patiently just to see where he's at. And after last night's performance, I got to ask you, why hasn't he been playing the last three weeks? I, that's, (laughs) that's a very good question. Um, But here's one thing. So I obviously, as I'm sure most people that listen know, because I don't imagine a lot of people listen that don't subscribe to The Athletic. If you don't, hey, have a little faith in me. Come on, guys. Anyway, I wrote a really (laughs) long piece. It was a couple thousand words about Daniel snaps against the Bengals and what he did specifically. And they really, they brought him in to be the running back stopper. Now they had him drop into zones a few times too, but by and large, they wanted him to address what has been, and you can disagree with me if you want. I'm curious what your take is on this. I think running backs out of the backfield has been the biggest weakness on defense so far this year. I won't necessarily disagree with you. I think there are a couple of other things that are close, but yeah, that's been the big Achilles heel. And I have not read your piece yet, but let me see if I can Mm -hmm. take a stab at some of your points here. Um, Let's call it sideline to sideline speed. Let's call it uh, recognizing close. Yeah. Clicking close. Let's call it uh, attack. uh, The pattern before the back is there. Uh, what else mm-hmm. can we do? Um, People aren't going to read I know. it, Ryan. Folks, <laughs> folks, I summarized really badly. Go read the damn article. <laughs> but what's interesting is he kind of um, – oh, Daniel actually addressed this. My guy, Nate, he he went and got some great quotes. He interviewed O'Daniel after the game, interviewed Reed about O'Daniel, interviewed uh, uh, Ragland, who is stands to lose snaps. And Raglan was just super happy for him. Say what you will about Raglan's play this year. That is a team guy. That is all he cares about. But I, so O'Daniel mentioned that early in camp, he felt like he was a little indecisive. He couldn't trust himself consistently. He knew what to do, but he couldn't do it consistently. So that could be it. It could just be a trust issue, mm-hmm. right? But when you saw him out there in coverage, and everyone remembers the uh, the big you know, obviously the big blow up on, on Joe Mixon, which was partly aided by a terrible throw by his Rail. quarterback. But the re- I mean, that's, you know, that's what they call a hospital throw. I mean, you're asking for someone to get hurt, but he closed in so quickly that even if that hadn't been so far back, that still is a stuff for a negative one yard or so instead of just negative four. You know what I mean? For sure. I mean, he, he, just, he closed so quickly. And, that- and so people saw that. People saw that play, but I don't know if you've looked. I think you've been looking at him a little bit. When he was in coverage on running backs out of the backfield, I didn't see him lose once. I did not either. I saw them ignore them a lot, and I think that's just kind of that initial glimpse. And Dalton's not one to linger on a back. I think right. I don't think his vision is, it can consume a whole field. So if he takes a look and he's not willing to go there instantly, he's he's looking off of him again really quickly. And that's what I saw more than anything. Right. And I think the play previous to the big hit was the one that kind of set all of that up because it was another bad throw, but Dorian was there. Correct. His very first snap, there was another kind of iffy throw, a better throw than that one to mix out of the backfield, this time to the right side. And and O'Daniel was right there. Had the throw, Mixon kind of tried to one-hand it half-heartedly. I think he saw O'Daniel closing. Had he caught it, he would have gotten blown up there too. And the thing with, with O'Daniel, so, I mean, he he's listed as a linebacker. What's interesting is, you know, I saw someone had thought that he was 205 pounds. At the combine, he was about 223. I'm curious what he weighs now because he's definitely smaller than Hitchens and definitely smaller than Ragland. Oh yeah. But but he's not freakishly smaller than Hitchens. And he right? doesn't look smaller to me than he did uh in OTAs. I mean maybe right. a touch, but he's 215 or 220 is my guess. 
Yeah, and that's my hope is, I mean, if he can maintain that kind of speed at 220, 225, he can play modern-day coverage linebacker. He yeah, absolutely can. Yep, yeah, exactly. And so the thing with him, what I saw when he was covering guys out of the backfield, and not just on the – for one, on these wheel routes, he's so fast that he gets there in time to where the running back doesn't have time to set up. He's there as the ball arrives. And when they're running different kinds of routes out of the backfield, normally when running backs are – put in this situation the reason like the Chiefs do it the reason everyone does it is because most running backs have an advantage over most linebackers in terms of speed and quickness the thing is even with like Joe Mixon the the it's it's flipped it's reversed in that Dorian O'Daniel is faster and quicker than most running backs and so that advantage that they're used to having it just doesn't exist anymore and so he just was effortlessly covering Mixon and their other back. I cannot remember his name off the top of my head out of the backfield. I mean, he was having no problems with it whatsoever. Yeah. And that, that was, and I think I saw a snap or two where he took on either. It was either a, a standing tight end or I, I thought there was a snap or two against Boyd. Uh, he, there's one of their slot receivers. He had, he had a couple. It looked to me. And again, I didn't have the all 22 available, so I could only look at what I could look at. Looked to me like those were zone drops in a couple of them. He had one really nice play late in the game where they ran a couple different crossers to kind of, you know, try to mix them through the zones, almost like a pick. And, and O'Daniel mm-hmm. dropped the receiver. The moment he caught the ball ended up being like a four yard gain or so. What he showed was just a ton of speed. It's exactly what his college film showed. The ability to close yep. and finish. That's a big deal. And the the play immediately prior to his blow-up of, of Joe Mixon was a run by Mixon off the left side. And it was one of those times where they were trying to take advantage of the Chiefs being in dime. And O'Daniel on that play, too, he beat the, the lineman to the spot. They couldn't get in space fast enough to, to block him. And so it was a four-yard gain. Now, hey, a four-yard gain isn't exactly like, oh, yay. But honestly, with how the Chiefs defense is playing, it absolutely is. Well, and, and here's the thing that I like. He's doing what Reggie Ragland can't. And I'm okay right. with Reggie Ragland being a two-down player. As long as Reggie's the Reggie we saw last night where he's attacking gaps better and he's actually being aggressive. And I thought that was the difference for him and Hitchens, knowing yeah. that they have O'Daniel who can come in. And, you know, honestly, I feel bad for Terrence Smith. I don't wish an injury on anybody. Absolutely. But this team may be better off. following his injury well O'Daniel from everything I'm seeing and hey it's one game you know it's like you know 30 snaps or something like that Mm -hmm. but he looks he's obviously faster than Smith I personally think he looks like a better finisher than Smith and so the thing that's the reason Smith was in and everyone knew it was for coverage purposes so if O'Daniel can do that just as well he the team is better off there and he is a more varied player he can play I think more different players. I think he could man up on a tight end better. I think he could man up on a slot receiver if he had to. And so it is better off. And I hope Smith recovers quickly. Cause you know what? He came in in a tough spot and I think he's done all right. He's made some nice plays. So what I really did like though, and this is, it almost goes unnoticed. Everyone's singing O'Daniel's praises, myself included. The inside linebackers did look better. Hitchens looked a lot more like mm-hmm. himself last night. And that made me really happy to see mm-hmm. And so hopefully maybe, you know, if Sutton's thinking to himself, okay, I trust O'Daniel now. Let's ask him to do these things. You know, we'll work out next this offseason what we're going to do with Hitchens because he was signed to be a three-down guy. I think he can be a three-down guy, just zone drop guy. You need someone else to do the running backs. 
And so Yeah, exactly. And then that's what we've said from day one. Both of us saw that on his Dallas film. He can play zones just fine. Yeah. And he keep keep the passes in front of him and he's Absolutely. okay. Absolutely. And and you saw that a few times recently. It's just when he's asked to, to keep up in space where he struggles. So oh Daniel, I mean huge huge development now we'll see we'll see what happens next week it's all about consistency in the nfl can you do it every week that's why like say with jordan lucas i'm more excited than ever because even though i don't think he's like i don't think he's a great safety we'll see because i mean he got exposed a few times the more playing time he gets that's Mm going to happen but jordan lucas looks like a find you know what? Let's take our second break, and we'll come back. We'll talk about the safeties and how they cross over with O'Daniel, too, because I, I think there's a mixture there. Isn't it crazy how much we pay for new brand-name clothes? Why do we go buy new kids' clothes if they just outgrow them in a few months? Wouldn't it be great if there was a place to discover awesome discounts on gently used clothes? Well, there is. Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Stop driving to the store after store and sifting through racks. Easily sift through millions of clothes in seconds on Swap.com with easy-to-use filters to find just what you need. Over 14 million tons of textiles are wasted each year. Shopping secondhand at Swap.com helps prevent textile waste from polluting the environment, which is something you can feel good about. With Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off retail price on your favorite brands like Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, and Gap. Quality, hand-inspected items are added on a daily basis. If something doesn't fit, enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. We have a special offer for our listeners. Get 35% off select items for your first order with promo code Locked On. That's 35% off with promo code Locked On. Plus, find new deals every day on Swap.com's homepage. So I like where you were going. And I think if somebody asked me, and I put it this way, uh, especially when the, Lucas got that touchdown scored on him and they immediately brought in Murray. You know, and that's fine. You got to get him out of there, reset his head because he's he's clearly struggling at that point. That's a matchup problem. That's a Bob problem, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm the fact that he still outplayed Murray. I, I think the thing that I like most about Lucas compared to the other safeties on this team right now, other than Barry, of course, mm-hmm. is he's instinctual, and I think he's the guy who has the biggest knack for the ball right now. I completely agree with that. He's faster the ball, clearly. You know, Ron Parker, I think, used to be more instinctual, but Parker is just not as fast as he used to be. And you can mm-hmm. see that. And that's a bummer because Parker had used to have great speed, and I appreciate a ton of stuff Parker's done. I mean, I'm curious what the team would have looked like early on because Parker wasn't playing great. But, I mean, he was like the proverbial, you know, kid with the finger in the dam trying to keep it from bursting. And so, well, and I think that's some of the playmaking thing that we're missing from him. Last night, obviously, he got that that pick on a, a nice robber play, but I think part of it is that he's being coached to be that last line of defense, to not be a ball hawk, to not take chances because they don't have anybody else that's going to be back there. Right, just be there and make the tackle, make it a 40-yard play instead of a 70-yard play. Mm-hmm. Um, I do agree, Lucas does look more instinctual. He looks faster. I mean, he and that, that can be physical, that can be instinctual. You know, Eric Murray is a good athlete, but he's not nearly as quick to the ball as Lucas. And he doesn't play with that same... I don't know if authority is the word you want to use because that's such like a coach speak thing, but it really is. I mean, when Lucas hits, he hits. You know what I mean? And, you know, I've seen Murray do that from time to time. He can, but here's the thing about Murray. And and I'm a big Murray fan. I think everybody listening to this show knows that. Murray's a guy that came from playing a press nickel position in college, literally within two yards of his guy at all times. 
He's just not doing the space thing. He doesn't have the instincts to see it and go and attack like Lucas. Well, and that's why Murray looks at his best when he's being asked to be the slot defender on tight ends and that kind of thing. I think he can do that. I think there's a role for him there. Um, It's just a matter of asking him to do the things he's good at and maybe saying, well, okay, you know, maybe Lucas and for now Parker and then Sorensen when he gets back, they can fulfill the more traditional safety roles. Yeah. I'll tell you what I want to see. And this is my problem because both Murray and Lucas are undersized. And that right. that's what I was hinting at before. That's a Bob problem when you put a six foot hundred and ninety pound safety on a six foot five, two sixty five tight end. Right. And this is where I want them to get to the point where they either play more of a hybrid or they leave Raglan out there more so that they can run their three safeties or their base nickel with O'Daniel out there. Because I think O'Daniel's got to be the guy that takes the Gronks, that takes the gates, that can do a bit of both. I could see O'Daniel filling that role. Um, I I personally, I, I think Sorensen's more fit, despite everyone thinking he's some kind of mauler, tweener type dude. I personally think Sorensen's better off over the top than he is, you know, being asked to cover tight ends. I, I just don't think he's got the natural quickness for it. Um, man that's coverage, fair. that he is. He doesn't have the natural quickness to play free either, right? Yeah, that's, that's true, topic. but but I mean, there's more. It's just, there's just more instinct there than talent, you know. And, and Sorensen's not terribly slow. He's just not quick, in my opinion. And I know you're not a Sorensen fan. <laughs> um, no. I would love to see O'Daniel do that. My one concern, and you and I talked about this, is I'm I'm I've always been concerned about his backpedal and his ability to move backward when he's mm-hmm. moving forward or laterally. I mean, his speed is just crazy. Um, he doesn't look quite as fluid. Although, to be fair. What little I was able to see when he did zone drops uh, on Sunday, he looked really fluid. But in part, that's because I'm viewing him. I know this is happening to me. I'm viewing him as an inside linebacker. And so, of course, he looks right. like an insane athlete because right. he, he's arguably, if they're going to call him an inside linebacker, he's probably the most athletic inside linebacker in the NFL, except maybe Wagner or Keekley. And I mean, well, we have to remember, we saw him play safety. We saw him play nickel corner in college. Right. So have, I mean, a zone drop is not something he even did in those roles because we haven't seen him do it. So that athleticism is transferring. I I absolutely agree. And I hope this means his role is going to grow. Um, I, I, it's, it's an interesting thing. I'll tell you what, people have been pretty down on Brett beach this year as the defense started off. And even as recently as just last week, but it's interesting to see the tide start to turn. You know, Derek Noddy is starting to win out those starting snaps from a, from a solid vet in Xavier Williams. Mm-hmm. Breland yeah. speaks, dare I say. I mean, he still obviously is not a great player, but he's looked better the last couple of weeks. He's getting more push. The playing time is paying off for him. And I will say this. This is the first time Noddy outplayed on a per-snap basis uh, Williams by three snaps last night. Yeah, and so you see those two. Um, Armani Watts was starting to see the field and was flashing playmaker, and now Dorian O'Daniel's getting out there. You can kind of see, like, and you know, it's like a reminder. A rookie class is not supposed to be a fix for that year. A rookie class wow. is supposed to be something for years to come. And I really think Dorian O'Daniel, I, and you and I, I think we, we came to an agreement on this. He is that hybrid player of the modern NFL. He's that guy that, that can play as an inside linebacker, that can play as a safety. He, he is what I think a lot of fans wish Daniel Sorensen was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and I think that's a way that if, if you're going to be comfortable, especially in, when you're facing, you know, 
more spread concepts, but even out of 11 yep. personnel, I think you can see if Dorsen, do, uh, I'm sorry, if Sorensen doesn't make it back, that right. I, I can see some sets with he and Hitchens inside at the linebacker role and, and O'Daniel playing free, probably on the tight end or, or floating. Well, and then against teams like uh, teams like the Rams, who are overly dependent on Gurley to mismatches to set up certain mm-hmm. things, that matters. That matters a great deal because O'Daniel's not slower than than Gurley. And he's also like like hey James White is an incredibly tough cover. I have no idea what O'Daniel can do against him, but I know he'd do better than Hitchens did. And yep. so it makes you wonder how O'Daniel and and again he himself said he wasn't quite ready to go, so maybe he really did need that extra week. Who knows? But it, it, I can't stop thinking about some of those drives were just crucial gains were made out of the backfield, and they were so easy. You can't help but wonder what it would have looked like with O'Daniel having a prominent role one week ago. Yeah, I agree. But it looks like we're going to have him in a more significant role to this point. And, folks, we haven't seen any official things on uh, Terrence Smith's injury, but I have to think after his performance, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Seth, that regardless of whether he's back, he's just a little banged up or whatever, I think they feel like they can afford to rest Smith until he's 100%. With O'Daniel's performance, I would, I would certainly think so. You know, Reed has shown at times a reluctance to to let young players surpass older players. Well, actually, let me rephrase that. Sutton has shown a reluctance <laughs> for that. I mean, they, you know what I mean. That's more on defense than on offense. But that said, what I've seen repeatedly from Sutton, like say, like with Jordan Lucas, I mean, once Murray was back, and we all, we both know, based on people we've talked to, that Murray is a favorite of theirs. Mm-hmm. And and yet Lucas, because he's playing as well as he is, he kept his spot. Now they were willing to swap in Murray and do a few other things, but there's there's something going on there to where Sutton is showing a little bit of flexibility there, and I certainly think O'Daniel has earned the right to be looked at at least as a as as a running back stopper and a guy who can who can drop into zone coverage and cover a lot more area than almost any other inside line. I completely agree with you. Now, I'll be interested to see what the All-22 tells us, and I think we'll both be looking at that pretty hard. So uh, any last thoughts for today, and we'll regroup for Thursday and see what we saw. I, I'm just excited, man, that the, the Chiefs took a, a playoff bound in all likelihood. I mean, will depend depends on what happens, but they took a team that's probably a playoff-level team, and they just beat them senseless. And that coming on the heels of the Patriots needing to play a near perfect game to to overcome them at home by three with essentially a miracle. I mean, the Chiefs look tough, man. I mean, they look especially now. Can we count on the defense playing that well every week? I don't think so. I think they've shown we can't. But one way to look at it, two of the last three games by the defense have been really good performances. Um, now, Andy Dalton. At night, could have just been that. Yeah, well, because <laughs> Andy, Andy Dalton at night is basically Blake Bortles. But I'm excited. I think the ceiling for this team is absolutely Super Bowl, and everyone needs to start viewing it through that way now. Like this is this is a year. This this the window is now. Yeah, this isn't win a playoff game and feel better about yourselves. This is get to the big show. Absolutely. And I'll tell you this, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but my big takeaway from this game was that. The corners were more aggressive when they needed to be. Bob was more aggressive in changing his play call, letting them drop some. I thought they played more zone from the broadcast from what I saw than, than they had in weeks past. 
Um, mm-hmm. I thought the linebackers were obviously more aggressive. I think overall the tone of it, if you look at not just last night, but the last six quarters, I think mm-hmm. this defense is starting to get to the point where they can be a middle-of-the-road defense, and that's all they need to be for this team to make this Super Bowl. I absolutely agree. And the fact that they've managed to do it without Houston and without Barry is impressive. I mean, Houston, we'll see how much he practices this week. I, I They had planned on thinking that he might miss two or, miss two or three weeks initially, was my understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully he's back because he we, we watched what happened to the Jags when Houston and Ford were just terrorizing. I think with Ford playing as well as he is this year, they've got an opportunity to have an absolutely terrifying pass rush with Houston back. And they did for a little while there. So I I just, I'm excited. Like you said, middle of the road is all they need to take home a Super Bowl. And I mean, even middle of the road is a little more than they honestly need. They just need opportunistic. Yeah, fair enough. Well, we'll have more for you folks. Uh, We'll be back Thursday with Seth. Tomorrow's the crossover. We'll talk with you then. Buddy, have a good couple of days and thank you. Hey, always fun, man. And folks, we'll be back tomorrow. Talk to you then. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening. American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20.